You are listening to the weekly podcast of Impact Worship Center in Mableton, Georgia. We pray you enjoy today's message. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. I bless God for you and I, I love you dearly. Well, let's get into the word. Let's get into the word on this morning. And my scripture is coming from such a familiar text that I would be willing to say that you don't even need your smart devices or your Bible on today for the word that is coming forth out of Psalms 23. Amen. But go ahead and get your Bibles and, and go to the word so that we can share what God has for us. Only six verses on this morning, and I'm pretty sure that you all could recite this by heart. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We love you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you for another day that you have made. You deserve it, Father God. All the glory. You deserve all the honor, all the praise, allowing us to see another day. Father God, this time is a time of receiving the word on this morning, Lord God. Use me as only you can and allow the word to penetrate the hearts and the minds and the spirits of these, your people. In the name of Jesus, we bless God and thank God. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Psalms 23. And I would ask that if you would stand for the reading of the word, if you are able to, and do me a favor and repeat the psalms with me. And repeat the psalms with me, starting with verse 1. All together, let us read. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me beside the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Amen. You can be seated in his presence. You may be seated in his presence. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. A very familiar text and one that we uh, have probably committed to memory. And uh, we bless God for the opportunity to be able to share this with you on this morning. The focus of this morning's uh, scripture is going to be from the context of my subject, which is green pastures and still waters. I want to talk to you this morning about green pastures and still waters. Amen? Because the 23rd Psalms is recorded by uh, Shepherd David and his revelation of his relationship with God. And it's predicated on his own experiences. And I want to use David's life and use David's experiences to teach from on today. See, one of the things that makes God so amazing is that he can come to you no matter where you are and on any level that you're on. He can come to you no matter what economic level, what experience level, what education level, what social level, or any other demographic measurement 
that you can think of. God can meet you on that level. He can meet you right where you are, and you don't even have to be spiritual for God to reach you and reveal himself to you. He can reach you from a variety of different ways because God is. And that would otherwise be an incomplete sentence under normal circumstances, but God is, is a fact, which makes it a complete sentence. Because God is, is a term that you can put whatever you need after the is. So God is, and God will always be. He is all that, so much more than that. And in fact, God is so magnanimous to us that we can't find the words to describe all that he is. We can't describe his splendor and we can't describe his glory. We, we can't describe how good God has been because words will not come to our mind to explain the manifold presence of God. In fact, if God revealed himself to us in all of his deity, our heads would explode. We can't comprehend all that God is, and words would never be enough to explain it. Isaiah 40 and 28 puts it this way, and I have the Christian Standard Bible version up for you. It says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He has never, he never becomes faint-weary and there is no limit, no limit to his understanding. See, God is so amazing that he can take something that you do understand and put it and explain something to you that you don't understand. He can take something that you're familiar with and explain something that may be unfamiliar to you. And in this way, God can reach everybody because it doesn't matter the level that you're on. God can talk to you on that level. But the thing is, beloved, the thing is, and, and, and be careful right here, God is not explained, but he's revealed. You can't explain the glory and the goodness of God, but he can reveal himself to us through his word. He can reveal to us the deity of himself through his word. Amen? He, he wants to show us personally who he is, and we are to know him, and we are to know his voice, and we are to follow him and confidently say that we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Amen? So here we find David, and we all know the story of David. Amen? David? Amen? Y'all know the same David I know? Okay, maybe I better make clear the David I'm talking about. I'm talking about the David who is the great-grandson of Ruth and Boaz. David, the shepherd boy who was anointed by Samuel to be king of Israel. The David who killed Goliath and the David who had the affair with Bathsheba. That David I'm talking about. All right, we on the same page? All right, that David. David, the eighth son of his father Jesse. And he's not the preferred son of Jesse. In fact, David is the ignored son of his father, Jesse. And he's a shepherd boy with a, a destiny that's deep down on the inside of him. And in his early stages of life, he finds himself surrounded 
by mediocrity. And being ordinary is, is not such a bad thing unnecessarily. It's just that if you have greatness on the inside of you, when greatness is on the inside of you and you're surrounded by mediocrity and something ordinary, you can be tormented by what other people are comfortable in. Because the greatness inside you doesn't allow you to be okay with ordinary. Amen? You have an inner knowing and this sense deep on the inside of you that there's a greater purpose, that God has something bigger for you and something mightier for you than supposed to happen, and you can't figure out why it hasn't happened. It's that thing that wakes you up at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. every morning. Somebody know what I'm talking about when you have that uneasiness in your sense, in your spirit, and it's, there's this sense that God wants to do something else in your life. Amen? He wants to do it in your life, and you can't quite figure it out, and you're surrounded by all this mediocrity. And mediocrity can come in the way of of challenges that you are faced on a day-to-day -day basis and haters that you are faced on a day-to-day -day basis. And believe it or not, the enemy understands sometimes better than we do. The enemy understands that God wants to do something great in your life. He understands that God wants to do it in a way that only he can do it. And so the enemy who knows that God wants to do something, he, he puts obstacles in your way. And he surrounds you with setbacks and, and setbacks that seem determined to divert your date with destiny. And you can't quite figure it out, but what I'm talking about is you, you, you take two steps forward and, and then all of a sudden you, you got to take another step back. And you're trying to understand why can't I keep going in this faith walk? The faith walk is supposed to be a continual progression forward, but every time you take two steps forward, you got to take one step back. But the devil is trying to divert you from your, your date with destiny. And, and somebody knows what I'm talking about, that you've been fighting all your life. You've been fighting in every, every endeavor that you have taken on. You almost feel like Oprah when she was in the color purple and she had to tell Celie, all my life I had to fight. All my life I had to fight. That's what she said to Celie. And she's been struggling and she's been fighting and every time she takes a step forward she has to deal with adversity and David has this greatness on the inside of him and he has to go through a process somebody say process in order to get out what God wants to get out of you you have to do some things you're gonna go through a process you're gonna deal with some things and David has this greatness down inside, and he has to go through this process for the greatness to be revealed. He's been being ignored by his father and being minimized by his brothers and being misunderstood by those who did not know him and understand who he was. And so over a period of time, somebody say time, process, time, over a period of time, God starts to reveal to David his purpose. And I want to encourage you on this morning, Impact Nation, right along through here, live your life based on purpose. Don't get up every morning to see what's going to happen. Get up in the morning to make something happen. 
Come on, you can get up in the morning with an agenda, with a sense of urgency and a direction and a list of things that you intend to accomplish and put your faith in motion and know that with God and his direction, you can and you will win. Amen? Have purpose in your life and understand that it doesn't just happen hoping that it will. It happens with intentional direction and God's help. And that brings me to my first point on this morning. When you have direction in your life, you can resist distractions. Direction resists distractions. See, it's hard to win when you're distracted. You can't pursue your purpose when you're distracted. Ask any athlete, no matter the sport, any Olympic athlete, any professional athlete, any sport, ask them, are they at their best when they're distracted? Can you win when you're distracted? And I guarantee you, I don't need to find the answer because they'll tell you no every single time. Likewise, beloved, you cannot win when you're distracted. And a distraction is anything that prevents you from giving your full attention to a task. It's like when you're working toward a goal and a distraction, it, it's the thing that takes you off course or takes your attention away from what it is you're working toward and makes it impossible for you to keep your mind focused. And as David is looking for that place with an understanding that he has something greater in his life than what his background predicted. His background did not support what David felt on the inside of him. David was a shepherd boy. And who would have thought that God would take a shepherd boy and make him a king? David's own brothers didn't believe that. And I have to tell you that don't limit your vision around what other folk think about you. Don't limit your vision on your circumstances. Don't limit your vision based on what you see going on around you. Because your situation may not be an indicator of what God is going to do in your life. In fact, your current situation and your current circumstances can be a direct contradiction to what God is going to do in your life. Amen? Last week, last week, last week when Bishop was vision casting, he talked a little bit about uh, us in the acquisition of this property, and he told you all how we had a Miracle Moment campaign, right? And he told you that we needed $700,000. That's what the bank needed. And we did pretty good. We thought we got a, as best we could $400,000, and we were a small church. We had a little over 200 members, and we came up with, with $400,000, a little more than half of what we needed. And we needed another 300000 And our circumstances did not look like we were going to get there. It did not look like we had what we needed to get there. The bishop went on to tell you all how God sent a single donor, a single donor to make up the difference. To bring. And that, that may not be a big deal to you all because you just got $300,000 that you could come on and write a check with. And if that's you because it's no big deal, you can do that now and this I Believe campaign will be over. Amen. That's what we need you to do if it's not a big deal. But if it is a big deal, then you need to act like it's a big deal. Because when God is for you, what's the word? When God is for you, 
Who can stand against you? When God is for you, what can stand against you? No weapon formed against you will ever prosper when God is for you. It doesn't matter if you're the preferred son of Jesse. It doesn't matter if you're the preferred daughter. It doesn't matter what your bank account says. It doesn't matter if you graduated from an Ivy League school. It doesn't matter if you graduated summa cum laude or oh laude. It doesn't matter how you got there. All that matters is that God is on your side. And when you have God on your side, it won't matter what's in your resume or whether you all have all the right words and the target words for them to search you out and find you and select you for the interview. All that matters is that God is on your side. And when God is for you, when God is for you, he will push you ahead. He will set you in a position and he will raise you up. And he'll do it in such a way, y'all, he'll do it in such a way that when it happens, and this is why, this is how and why we have haters. Because when it happens, it don't seem right, right? It don't seem fair. It happens in such a way that folk can't understand how a person like you ended up in a place like this. Because your credentials don't match, your, per, your resume don't match, your bank account don't match. None of the things that you have says that you should be in the place that you are in, but it's God's favor. Amen? And when you walk in purpose and you walk in your divine favor of God, God can execute that plan for your life supernaturally and then put you into place where you've never seen or beyond your friends and your haters' comprehension. Amen? So don't let the turbulent times and the wickedness of your haters and the narrow-mindedness of your friends discourage you from being and doing all that God has for you. Because God will make sure that he deters those and promotes you. So stay focused, beloved, because God will reveal himself. And when he gets to the point where he's ready to communicate with you, he will communicate to you on your level. He will communicate to you in a form that you can understand. And David was just out tending the sheep. He had no background to be king. In fact, when God found David, David was on a mountainside singing praises with his harp and writing poems to God. And in our day, we would call that weird. In fact, David was a little weird. And David didn't mind being weird. Because David wasn't trying to fit in anyway. And he didn't mind standing out. And unfortunately, we don't do so much of that today. We want to be like everybody else. We want to fit in. We want to have likes and followers and people who love what we do and encourage us and support us and, and want to push us to a place that we don't need to be. You need to be what God has called you to be. And God has called you to be extraordinary. And that brings me to my second point. The more you try to fit in, the less likely you're going to be extraordinary. You can't be extraordinary trying to fit in. You're not going to be extraordinary being like everybody else. It takes courage to be extraordinary. 
It means having to be controversial sometimes, to stand out and, and to be different. And David was different. So God reveals himself to David through something that David could understand. He says to David, David, I am to you what you are to the sheep. And David receives his revelation from God who based it on David's own personal experience, a shepherd boy. And that's where David gets verse 1 from, the Lord is my shepherd. And he says, since the Lord is my shepherd, what? I shall not want. Come on, y'all. And verse 1 is saying, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see any of you. This is what verse 1 is saying. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't see any of you as my source. You might be a resource that my source is using, but you're not my source. Because if my resource dries up over here, God will make sure to restore it over there. So God is only using you as a resource to get me what I need. But don't get it twisted. You're not my source. The Lord is my source. The Lord is my shepherd. And I don't want for anything, amen? And, and if I get it, if I get it, trust me, it'll be because God gave it to me. And, and that's unfortunately where, where we find ourselves oftentimes, beloved, is we get encouraged by God and then we get discouraged by our circumstances. And that, that is unfortunately because what we've been through it makes it hard for us to want to rest in peaceful places that God has for us. The green pastures where God wants you to rest, it's hard because you've been through so much. And when things go green for us, we tend to get restless. We think that it's not going to last for long or is that really for me? Because we've been fighting for so long and we don't know how to lie down in something good. Those good opportunities, the green relationships and green moments in our lives. And so, actually, David is confessing in verse 2 when he says, he maketh me. He says, he maketh me to lie down. Because I'm struggling to do this, God. I'm struggling to receive what you have for me. You have done this green pasture and still water for me, God. And I'm not sure I'm supposed to be here. So David is confessing this, and he's saying, he's saying, God, is this for me? And if it is, make me lie down and receive what you have. God is saying, I'm going to force you to rest in the abundant blessings I have created for you. I'm going to force you to relax and lay down until you understand that this is for you. It is yours. You deserve it. Amen. And I've created it just for you. He's going to force you to be present in the moment and to stop pretending in the moment. And some of us, man, we could put on the best fake face, blessed and highly favored. The Lord is good. This is the day the Lord has made. And that's okay. I'm not telling you not to be encouraging and not to be aspirational and not to lift up God in everything that you do. But when you have a bad day, I don't mind if you tell me. It's okay. Oh, it's not a good day for me, Elder. I tell you, boy, the devil tried to work me over, but God is good. That's how you do it. Amen? 
That's how you do it. Stop acting like you're happy when you're not. It's time to enter into that season where you can lie down in some green pastures and experience what God has for you. Because those green pastures, they represent opportunity. They represent a place of tranquility and, and, and peace. And they represent something that you can sit back on in your dry season. So then David says, he leads me beside the still waters. David also sees God as someone who leads him and guides him and protects him. He says that he leads me. And Paul put it like this in verse in Romans 8, verse 14. He says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So he leads us by his spirit. He leads us and he keeps us from danger and leads us beside those still waters. And I found it interesting in my study that sheep can't drink in turbulent places. They can't drink in, in turbulent places. In fact, they're scared of moving water. Sheep have a fear, and rightfully so, of moving water because if they fall in, the wool and, and the fleece of their body soaks up the water like a sponge, drags them underneath the water, and they drown and die. So sheep have a rightful fear of running waters. But all we all know that a good shepherd would always find still waters to lead the sheep. Amen. He will find a place that will give you that peace that God needs to show you. And God wants to bring you to that calm place so you can fortify yourself, so that you can become calm and understand that what God has for you is for you. You can't be filled and refilled in turbulent places. It just doesn't work, amen? That's why some of you are so thirsty. Y'all thirsty and you do desperate things because you're thirsty. You've gone too long without green pastures and still waters. God wants us to know that he has some still waters to lead us to, beloved. And when your head is clear and you maintain your focus, you're able to think rationally and be your best self. So if I were the enemy, and I'm not the enemy, but if I were the enemy and I was intent on making sure that you couldn't become all that God wants you to be, and remember last week, Lady T, she taught us that we should what? Know the enemy's tactics and fight the good fight, right? So if I were the enemy determined to stop you from being what God wants you to be, I'd make sure that I put you in environments of constant calamity, constant turmoil, constant confusion. I would make sure that your life was so busy that you wouldn't know what time it is half the day. I would attack you with busyness and, and make sure that you're preoccupied with irrelevant stuff, stuff that you don't need, stuff that would take you from your calm place and, and would not allow you to operate the way that you need. I'd have your phone ringing over here. I'd have your tablet. I'd have notifications going off and have you run into your tablet and your, your smartphone and your 
desktop and your laptop and your, your Apple Watch and all. I'd have you run into so many different apps and streaming services and I got to do this and got to look at that so that you couldn't think or believe on your highest level. You wouldn't be able to get to the calm place that God has for you because you're so busy with all this other stuff. If I were the enemy, that's what I would do to you. And while you're distracted, somebody say, meanwhile, while you're distracted, minutes turn to hours. Hours turn to days. Days turn to weeks. Weeks turn to months. Months turn to years. And before long, your hair is starting to fall out and turn gray. And your back is starting to get weak. And your knees are starting to give out. And you will soon realize that you have less days before you than days that you have behind you. The enemy wants to distract you with busyness so that you don't have time to pursue what God has for you. You won't even get to the place of peace and still waters because you have been busy. And now your best days have run out. Amen. If I were the enemy, I'd keep you preoccupied. I'd keep you preoccupied in stuff that would stress you out, make you bitter, make you angry, make you unforgiving, give you high blood pressure, high cholesterol. You'd end up with diabetes and heart disease and obesity and everything else that those disease doctors tell you you can get out of stress. I'd have all that going on in your life. All of it going on in your life. But God, somebody say, but God. God wants something different for you. When the enemy knows that when you have the peace of God, he knows that when you have God's provision that you can more effectively pray, plan, and pursue the things of God. And so he wants to keep you from doing those things because he doesn't want you to have those things. Amen? You never get to your purpose that God desires for you because you're so busy doing all this other stuff. And the enemy knows that. He knows that. He wants to stop you from green pastures. Somebody say, green pastures. Somebody say, still waters. That's what the enemy desires to do. In the third book of John, chapter 1, the second verse says this. I wish above all things that you should prosper as your soul does prosper. Amen? And you cannot have a whirlwind in your life, in your soul, and still have hypertension in your body. There's no way you want, the, 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 the scripture says, as your soul does prosper. There's no way you can have a whirlwind in your soul and think that your soul is going to prosper, but your body is filled with frustration and anger and anxiety. Why? Because you can't create what's not in you. So what you create is what's in you. So if hypertension and frustration and bitterness and anger and all those things are in you, that's what comes out in your creativity. And the enemy knows that. And for those who you are listening and you're saying, well, that ain't me. I ain't got that problem. I don't have to worry about that. Let me help you see it for what it is. Whatever 
or whoever can upset your peace or cause a negative change in your disposition has become your master. That is what is distracting you from your destiny, from your purpose. Don't allow people or things to get down on the inside of you and upset you in a way that distracts you from your purpose. That is too much power, beloved. It is too much of your own self to give to somebody else. And, 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 and when you're angry on the inside and you're frustrated and you're displaced, you, God can't use you in the way that he desires. And don't get me wrong, it's okay to get angry. We're not forbidden from angry, uh, from anger. God says, uh, be ye angry. He says, be ye angry, but sin not. Amen. So get angry, but, but don't sin. And it also says, and what? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, when you're angry, don't let it stay in you. Don't let it become destructive because the Bible also says anger rests in the bosoms of fools. So if you keep anger on the inside of you, you might be wanting to tell us something about you, amen? And I, I, I get it, we get angry, but we need to know how to let it go. Amen, we have to let it go sometimes. Somebody say, let it go. Let it go. It's all right to have it, but don't let it stay on the inside of you and become a cancer and, and start to eat away at your purpose and, and eat away at your energy and eat away at your creativity and eat away at your purpose. And it eventually eats away at your destiny. And that brings me to my final point, and I'm going to close it up here in a shortly. And that's this. Do not fuel your history what's behind you at the expense of your destiny, what's in front of you. Don't let your energy be consumed in the back rearview mirror of your life. What God has promised is about to happen. Use your resources toward that end. Don't become so exhausted that you're expending the limited energy you have and wasting it on your past. I hear God telling someone on this morning, that today you're ready to move to your place of green pastures. That your place of abundance and a place of peace and your place of still waters is just upon the horizon. You're too grown to keep doing the same old stuff. You're too tired to keep putting up with the same old mess. It's time to break the cycle. It's time to break the cycle in your life that the enemy is trying to use to destroy you. God says, I want to bring you to a place of tranquility. But in order for you to receive what he has, you have to be willing to release what you're holding on to. See, you can't hold on to who you were and become who God wants you to be. You can't hold on to the past and grab hold of the future. God desires to do something in your life. He wants to push you to a place, a place of peace, a place of green pastures, a place of still waters. So whatever negativity that comes into your life, I want you to just throw it off and tell the enemy, that ain't mine. I'm not accepting it. I refuse to listen to it. That report is a lie, and the devil is the liar, and the truth ain't in him. I believe in the word of God. 
I believe that he has called me to something bigger. He has called me to something better. He has called me to something greater. And I'm going to stand on the word until I receive it. God wants to do that in your life. He wants to do it in all of our lives. He desires to push us to that place where we get all that he desires from our purpose and from our destiny. You may have heard athletes say before, leave it all on the field. Leave it all on the court. Leave it all out there. In fact, Bishop has a sign on the back door as he comes out of his office. It says, leave it all on the stage. God wants us to leave everything that we have inside of us in this lifetime for others. Don't allow it to get bottled up and held up and, and sold down so that there's nothing for you to be able to share in your last days. You have so much more than what the world wants you to believe. And God is telling us in this scripture that he wants to put you back on track. He wants to restore you. The word says he restores my soul. And God is trying to bring you back to a place where he meant for you to be. Before you went through everything that you went through. It's like, I'm going to fix it for you. So you won't look like what you've been through in spite of your haters and in spite of your enemy. God says, I want to restore your soul. He says, your latter days will be greater than your former days. Amen. Your beginning was small, but your end is going to be big. Amen. God says, it's time to take back what the enemy has stole from you. It's time to march into the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from you. It's time to take back your peace. It's time to take back your comfort. It's time to take back your joy. It's time to take back your creativity and your tranquility and your deliverance. It's time to take back your happiness. God wants us to take back our lives. He wants to restore you back, back to yourself and lead you to a place of still water. Amen. Amen. Bless God for the word on today. Hallelujah. We bless God. We bless God. I want to close with this thought, beloved. God is saying, he's saying that you have an enemy, but I will fight your battles for you. In fact, in this Psalms, he says, I will send you a table. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. I will send you a table. And that table is to distract you from your enemies. That table, if you think of it as this buffet with grapes and strawberries and lamb, leg of lamb and all the great foods that you want to eat is spread out before you in the presence of your enemy. But it's up to you, beloved. You have to decide whether you choose to sit at the table that God has prepared for you or focus on your enemies. Because if you choose to focus on your enemies, God can't fight your battles. He has prepared a table and set it before you so that you can rest and live in the abundant life. 
That's not to say that you won't have trials and tribulations. But understand this, that the fact that you have trials and tribulations means that there's a blessing nearby. It means that God is ready to put that table before you. And he wants to show your enemies that his, your God is greater than anything and everything that they could ever do to you. God wants to show your enemies that you are the blessed one. And I know there's probably one or two of you that are saying on this morning, if Elder Wayne, if God's going to do all that, why haven't he done it yet? And I hear God saying to you, because you won't let it go. You won't let it go. God is a gentleman. He will wait for you to give to him what you want him to fight. So you have to let it go. You have to know that God is for you. He can restore you with rest and peace and set the table before you and allow you to eat so that your enemies belong, know that you belong to him. So understand that what's in front of you, beloved, is way more important than what's behind you. And what's in front of you is the presence of God. It's the peace of God. It's the table of God that's set before you. Let your enemies chase. Let them follow. Let them be on your tail. Let them bicker and try to be in your ear. But you don't have to defend yourself. And you won't have to fight your battle. Because when God is leading, he will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. And how's the scripture end? His goodness and his mercy. His goodness and his mercy. His goodness and his mercy. Oh, I'm going to say it till you catch it. His goodness and his mercy. His goodness and his mercy. His goodness and his mercy. Goodness and mercy. His goodness and his mercy.
know we normally come to the altar for prayer, but I want you to do something a little different on this morning. We are entering into a time and a place where the truth is not real. And people make up their own facts. And I believe during this season, we need to stand united as a body of Christ. We need to stand together as a church. And I would like for wherever you are and whoever you're next to, to join hands with them. As we pray this prayer on this morning, join collectively, interconnected, and believing that God will do what he has promised us to do. Please bow your heads with me right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your word on this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you continue to provide an opportunity for us to find peace, to find a place of rest and restoration in you. We pray this morning, Lord God, that you would hear our hearts, understand our desires, know our weaknesses, Lord God, and meet us right where we are. We know, Father God, that you can cause a rock to cry out in, your, in our place. But we desire, Lord God, that you would understand the desires of our hearts. No, we know that you know what we stand in need of. And we ask your blessings upon our lives right now. We ask you to bless our households right now. We ask you to bless us individually and collectively and as a church body, Lord God. Bless relationships and, and marriages on today, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you would just cover this your house, Lord God. And allow us to come together as one, Father God. Each and every one of us understanding our part and knowing what is required of us. And grow us up in that place, Lord. Grow us up in the place that you would desire for us to serve and desire for us to build and desire for us to evangelize and to reach those who are lost, Lord God. Give us what we need to combat a corrupt world in the name of Jesus. We stand united, Father God, in the face of adversity. And we ask, Lord God, that you would give us what we need, our daily bread so that we can support our youth, Lord God, and encourage our children, Lord God, and bring them up in a way that you desire for them to grow. We ask your blessings, Father God, upon each and every household that's represented under the sound of my voice, Lord. Those who are streaming this service this morning and those who are in this house of the Lord on today, bless them in abundance, Lord God. Show them that you are God. Set the table before them, Lord God, and allow us to sit in your presence. We thank you in advance for all that you're going to do, Lord God, and all that you intend to do through and to us. In Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together and say, bless God.
so excited that you are so enthusiastic because it's giving time and it's giving time impact. It's time to give. It's supposed to say it's time to be blessed. Come on. prepare your offerings on today we understand and we know that we are we're well taught here here at impact we understand that we tithe and return our tithe which is what 10 percent of our gross we return our tithe and we give an offering and we sow a seed when we come into the house of the lord and we thank god that we can continue in this vein of worship and we appreciate you understanding and knowing where we are we want to finish this year strong impact and so for those of you who are desiring to give on today and are streaming in our service on today, we ask that you would use any of our platforms to provide an offering, sow a seed, and return your tithe on today. God wants to do what he desires to do in your life. He wants to do what he desires to do in this church, and it requires resources. So we bless God for your presence. We thank you for attending, and we ask that you would allow God to speak to your heart what you desire to give on today. We thank God for you. For those of you who are in our audience and would like to use your credit or your debit card, you are excused to the back of the auditorium on this morning. Your right and my left, Miss Anita Hollis, is there to assist you with your credit or your debit card giving on this morning. For those others, though, for those of the rest of you who are here on this morning, we have four giving platforms that you can use. We have Givelify. You can go to Givelify.com. Give there. We have a Zelle giving option that you can use. We have our text to give option. And you can go to our Impact website, impactwc.org, and you can give from that opportunity, from that avenue as well. We thank God for your giving. For those of you who may not have received uh, your pledge card, your I Believe seed card, we are have we have those available. We ask that you would just take one with you if you haven't received one yet, and pray over it. Ask God what He desires for you to do. This is our pledge that we believe God is going to give us the resources that we need to take care of our youth, to build out our, our Impact Academy, and to make some renovations to our Blaze Team Ministry area. Um, and we're using this pledge card as an endeavor to reach that. Our, our pledge giving on and we'll be doing that in our October and November and December so stand to your feet if you're ready to give Deacon Evans you have the basket if you can come forward and those of you who are prepared and ready to give I would ask that you would just go ahead and bring your offering to the front whether you have a smartphone bring your phone you gave electronically have that basket Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.